Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Uncharted Territory podcast. Um, you can tell with the, the lack of intro music, this is a little bit of a different episode tonight. Um, tonight, we're going we're gonna to talk about a friend. Um, Tim, do you want to share with, with the listeners as to why we're here tonight? So on, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, July 13th, and on uh, Friday, uh, the 9th, uh, as I was driving to park golf, as I often do, I got a call uh, from Demi Minskoff, uh, the wife of Steve Minskoff, to tell me that Steve had passed away uh, back in May. Um, he apparently had, uh, had had a little bit of a pain in his leg, but didn't think it was anything of substance. Uh, had uh, wasn't feeling great one one evening and went up to, to bed to take a nap uh, before dinner, which, you know, uh, for those of us that know Steve, napping is nothing new to him. Uh, and then when he was coming down to the dinner table, uh, he collapsed, um, apparently uh, pulmonary embolism, uh, and, uh, and, and that was pretty much it. So, um, he leaves his, his, his wife, Demi, and uh, two adopted children. Uh, they adopted two kids from Guatemala, who Steve would affectionately refer to as the Guatemalans, uh, Lily and Zach, who are both college age now. And uh, it was just a, uh, a stunner uh, for, for all of us. It was, uh, I almost drove off the road when, when she broke the news and uh, pulled into a parking lot and got kind of the rest of the story and uh, and then called Chad and Corey uh, just because they'd known Steve as long as I had. Well, maybe not Corey, but close. Um, but, you know, Chad and I met him at the first Galacticon and, and Stu kind of uh, kind of came into it a, a little bit later. But uh, so we're going to do something a little bit different tonight instead of going around and, and uh, shooting the breeze or talking about the uh, the game, we're going to talk about Steve and uh, just kind of our remembrances of him, uh, funny stories of which there are uh, too many to uh, uh, to fill a podcast and uh, just kind of reminisce and, and kind of celebrate his life this evening. So that that's the plan. Thank you, Tim. Um... Yeah, I don't, I was, I was stunned when Tim called me. Um, I was at a show. We were getting ready to run a show. I just parked and I missed Tim's call because I was in the middle of parking. And I told him if he had, if I picked up the phone while I was parking, I probably would have drove through the grandstand at the Adams County Fairgrounds. Um, but he asked me to put Corey on conference. I did that. And then he shared the news with us and, um, I had to go, I had to just kind of walk around the fairgrounds for a while and collect myself. Um, definitely not what I expected to hear. So um, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and just talk about meeting Steve at the first Galacticon. I remember, um, you know, he had this, this bootleg character, Akuma the Ninja, and uh, certainly Steve wasn't the first person to create a bootleg, but he was the first one to our knowledge, to most people's knowledge of putting together a high quality one that replicated Tom's card. And I think there's actually a picture in the super report from that first Galacticon. And it's Steve and I talking about Akuma. Um, and, you know, the next year he unveiled the revised Akuma and then where I really got to know him was I, I, I lost my card or there was some incident with my card. And I think this was before he had released Master Shogun and CUI, but I don't remember. So I just reached out to him. I said, hey, you know, I admit you at Glecon, I, you know, misplaced my card. Could you send me another one, please? And he sent me Akuma and CUI and Master Shogun and Purgatory and Slaughterhouse and Carnage and Vixen and Turbo. I mean, that was really on par with getting one of Tom's sets and all. And he just said, well, just keep this to yourself. 
so I did for a while. Um, and I think then he, as he started getting to know Tim too, he shared those cars with Tim as well. And we were kind of the ones who had them um, just in secret for a while until he started slowly unveiling them at Galacticon. Um, but that just, you know, speaks to his generosity. Um, whenever we would go out, he would always, you know, offer to buy the, the first dinner or the first round of chicken wings or the first beer or whatever. And, um, you know, he didn't expect repayment. He just liked a nice thank you. And, uh, but we, you know, as, as I got older and was able to afford things, I certainly <laughs> tried to return the favor of Steve, but he was just such a generous person and, and so kind. And, um, I think to all the, you know, bands he introduced me to, um, we both liked, you know, kind of hard rock, heavy metal stuff. So we'd talk a lot about music um certainly the the wrestling game became something we might have briefly touched on if not talked about at all um and it's not a slight to the game it's just in the, you know the the power of the friendships that you build through this game and the camaraderie and then the game itself becomes second third fourth place when you're more talking about your lives and your family and your kids and everything and all the adventures you're going on and the adventures you share. And, you know, my hope is for everyone listening that some way, whether it's through this game, whether it's through another hobby, whether it's through um, your employment, whatever you do, that you're able to find friends like that where the commonalities that you share at first become the, the, the last thing on your mind, you know, um, and the, the thing that brought you together isn't the thing that keeps you friends for 30 years, you know, and you yeah. can just not, not talk to somebody for six months, whatever, because life and there's no hardships or anything. And you just pick up the phone and it's like you never left off. So I hope everyone is blessed enough to have um, those opportunities in your, life to, in your life to find, a, you know, a couple of good friends like that. And I'm blessed because I have this, this Legends team family and I have my IPW family. And, you know, it's often the same way with them where we, we drove to a, a show two and a half hours away each way on Friday. And the wrestling show was probably the least memory we'll take back. It was the adventures in the car with my air conditioner breaking and it was 80 degrees. And on the way back, we saw a badger and two deer. We saw like the whole wild kingdom and, and somebody lost their phone in the van and just the craziness like that. I hope you're all blessed enough to have those adventures and, uh, can count on friends like that in your lives because Steve was certainly one of those friends in my life. Everybody needs to find their Steve Minskoff. Absolutely. He was, you know, early on too. I mean, he was kind of our in Shad because he was the one that was closest to Tom. Yep. And so when we would, you know, when Tom would swear him to secrecy and say, okay, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen in this game edition, but don't tell anybody. He'd immediately tell us. But he would swear uh, both of us to secrecy. Right, exactly. And that we weren't supposed to tell each other, but of course we, we knew he had told us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so whoever, whoever he called first would then call the other person and fill them in on all the things that were coming up in the game. Um, but I mean, he was he was really our first, you know, uh, uh, in, I guess, to yeah. some of the, the insider information and, and some of the upcoming stuff that was going to happen in Champions of the Galaxy. Um, but he knew that we weren't going to, you know, I, I mean, at, the, at this time, there's no internet or anything like right. that, but he knew we weren't going to go blabbing it around to everybody. So, right. um, but again, you know, it's one of those, one of those uh, friendships that, that uh, you just kind of build through something and then it just moves on to other things. I remember when, um, what was it? Revolution 2096 came out and mm -hmm. Classics 2079 came out at the same time. And I had talked to Steve and, oh, there's going to be two sets and blah, blah, blah. And I called Tim and there's going to be two sets. And Tim's <laughs> like not reacting. I'm like, oh, he's already told you, hasn't he? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Was he... But it was that was kind of nice having that that insider information too. Yeah. Was he one of the original set owners, I take it? I mean, was he there from day one? I I it's I hard know. to say. Yeah. I don't know how long he was really involved. I mean, I know I'm not even sure. Chad, do you know how he 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 contacted Tom and kind of got involved with Tom? I'm assuming he just called him when you know the sets started coming out when he heard about this Galacticon thing because he flew in to, to you know meet Tom and Leslie and I think he had his future ex-wife number two with him at that yep. first one yeah um, and I, I think he just you know Tom connected to him because they were of the same age and had some similar interests and and that kind of thing in terms of yeah. music and everything and, and comic books and stuff like that too. And um, so I, I think that's how he kind of got involved. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know I talked to him at that first one and, and you know, I always tell the story about how we met up at the, the bar at the holiday Inn cause we were the only ones old enough to drink, but, um, but we didn't really, I mean, we hung out there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and kind of went our separate ways. Um, but it wasn't until later that we really, really became closer so uh yeah i think i started kind of communicating with him first when i got that did. to get that you know akuma replacement and then then the three of us just started kind of hanging out tim steve and i and then Corey came in there um and then Stu, i don't did you show up at galacticon nine or ten when did you kind of whatever the year 2000 whatever number that would have been the first year i came 2000 so, yep i was there 2000 2001 okay okay so Corey, what do you what do you remember um so i'm first my first galacticon as a promoter was 1995 so was at number six i guess and uh, that's when i first met steve and and that year he wasn't you know quite steve uh, i think he had just gotten divorced from the second wife, I believe, if that timeline seems right. But he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as fun loving as he would be in the future years. Um, and because I remember Chad and Tim, you guys kind of said that. Um, and then he didn't didn't come the next year. Um, I think, was there a family emergency or something? Um, I, I don't know. It, okay, it doesn't matter. But I don't remember. Um, uh, but then 97 was my third year. And that's when I really got to know Steve well, got to see just the, the zaniness of him. Um, as Chad said, you know, or Tim said, everybody should have a Steve Minskoff in life. And I mean, just, you know, we'd, we'd go around Jamestown you now from the Sheldon house to the hotel or to Wilson farms, which is the convenience store there. If you don't know what that is, uh, you know, whatever we we're just driving around town and he would just come up with just wacky things. Uh, he'd say, okay, I'm going to roll down my window. And I'm going to yell Tom Filsinger at the next 10 people or dogs I see. And he did it. He actually yep. did it. <laughs> yeah, just worth, you know, if you don't know Steve, you're thinking, oh, this guy's full of it. No, that's no, what he, he did. Yeah, he would, he would <laughs> stick Tom Filsinger! Tom Filsinger! And, and, and just people would look at him like, who the hell are you? But yeah, so we'd be driving around uh, Jamestown and he's just yeah. yelling Tom Filsinger at everyone. And he would ask people in Jamestown if they knew Tom Filsinger, you know, if they if they had him in class at Jamestown College or or played Champions of the Galaxy, just random people, you know, like is Tom Tom of course a big celebrity in Jamestown? Um, I say, did anybody know him? <laughs> once in a while, I think we, once in a while we'd hit students, wouldn't we? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it, occasionally, yeah, run into up. a student. That would be the the, the primary way they they know who he was. Yeah. Um, and as Chad said too, he was so generous, um, you know, with his, with, with buying meals or, or drinks or whatever it was. And, uh, and again, he just kind of picked up the, picked up the check, didn't say much and just, just took it and paid and, you know, that not a big deal, but he just was appreciative of having good friends there. Um, and just wanted to, you know, show that thanks. He made you feel like you'd known him for years and, um, and me being younger, you know, I, I, you wouldn't think that he and I would have a lot in common, but um, I think it was, I want to say maybe the 2000 convention. Um, he and I hung out a lot together that year uh, for whatever reason. And uh, I was kind of keeping track of his stuff as he always called it. And, uh, you know, the new cards, he's like, Hey, 
you had to keep track of my stuff. So I put it in my bag and is that my stuff? And that's not your stuff. And he just had, went on and on about his stuff. <laughs> Who's got and, my stuff? So somebody yeah. have yeah. my stuff. So yeah. now when we go to the CAC or Trago Staz, we're always yes. saying, who's got oh, yeah. my stuff? You know, yes. like yep. I'll give Corey a card to go get autographed and blah. Mm-hmm. Who's got this? We, we always talk about yeah. who has the stuff. And yeah. That's all in reference to Steve. Do you have my stuff? Yeah. Does somebody have, somebody's <laughs> got to have my stuff. So yeah, that that's kind of become the running joke now. With yeah. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, we just kind of, kind of hung out a little bit more that year and, and, we would talk about, you know, anything and not just Phil Singer games. Um, in fact, probably very little. Uh, we talked about real, real wrestling. We talked about family. Um, I think he had, he and Demi had just adopted Zachary at that point. I might be off on my, by a year or so, but he would talk about um, Guatemala and, and what that was like. And, um, and, you know, just, he was with me studying Spanish in college, you know, he would kind of ask questions about culture and things like that and I would do my best to answer with what I knew at the time and and we'd, we'd talk we'd even talk religion a little bit and and, and just all kinds of things um, you know it, it wasn't stri- strictly who are your champions you know that, that that was the least of the worries you know we, we just it was a, a good conversation and um, you know he he influenced my love of music uh, along with Chad and Tim they really got me going on being a Kiss fan um, for those who don't know Steve had connections in the music industry, knew Paul Stanley personally. A um, lot of stories about Paul Stanley. There's one about back in the 70s, they were at, I think, Studio 54, and Steve and his friends had a limo that night, and out of the club comes Paul Stanley, and if you don't know Paul Stanley's voice, he's got a very high uh, you know, falsetto kind of voice, and, Steven, Steven, can I share your limo? <laughs> I mean, we, we still who, quote that one a lot, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, who can share a story about Paul Stanley wanting to share his limo with them, you know? Um, and, and just, and, but he's, he never, he wasn't doing it in a name dropping way. He was just telling stories of his life. These are the people he know, knew and, and uh, people he would call the head him. Of, he knew the head of Sony. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's not like, not mm-hmm. like these are small names. When you're talking about no. the head of Sony. I mean, that's a, that's a big name. Yeah. Yeah. And his family had the, the Minskoff theater in New York yep. and he had mentioned that I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And then the one day I'm watching Regis and Kathy Lee <laughs> and whoever actor is on there. So they're playing at the Minskoff theater and Regis is like, oh, the Minskoff theater. I'm like, holy shit, this place, this place is real. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And if you, if you watch good morning America, because they shoot around mm-hmm. Times square Sometimes you can see the signs for Lion King in the background, and Lion King has been playing there forever. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. That's that that theater. His family w- has been in real estate, uh, either ownership or management, in in the city uh, since probably uh, I'm going to guess the early 1900s. I mean, because it's it's been going on for some time. So that's where the the family kind of had their footprint. But uh, yeah, interesting interesting guy yeah um but yeah i mean just so many i mean again most of my stories with him don't involve the game and again that like chad said not a knock on the game it's just you know other things came up i mean uh just so many topics so many adventures um you know one thing he was kind of known for is his (laughs) um misquoting famous quotes or you know kind of uh, uh, saying a statement wrong so help me out here chad and tim i'm, I'm sharpest I, I, deck in the alley yes <laughs> or, yeah when, or when he would be butchered. describing someone who wasn't too bright he'd say well he's not the sharpest deck in the alley mm-hmm. what did I he say haven't quite, I, I haven't figured that one out yet because yeah. I, I understand he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer yeah. he's not playing with a full deck but i have no idea yet where the alley ever came into that i've never figured that out and why that would matter or, yeah. or something about like the rolling stone gathers no moss but he well, got he with had, rolling thorns or something he, he well he was so we were driving down to jamestown once so everybody had come in and was staying with me um chad and Corey and steve were all staying at my place and then we were driving down to jamestown together the next morning and so we're driving down there and, and we all used to laugh at you know some of the things that steve would come up with and so as we're driving down he was just kind of talking about something. He said, well, you know, every stone has its thorn. And I, I'm trying not to laugh hysterically. And I look in the rear view mirror where, because Steve was riding a shotgun, 
And I and I, I look in the rearview mirror and I see Chad and Corey are dying. They're like falling all over each other, dying, trying not to laugh out loud. So then I smile and Steve says, what's so funny? <laughs> and I said, well, you just said every stone has its thorn. I think even every rose has its thorn. And he's like, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then it got to the point where we would just laugh at him in front of it. He didn't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or my, another, it's not a, so we call that min scoffing. So if you intentionally yeah, right. say something wrong, you're min scoffing it, mm-hmm. which I, uh, I try to do as often as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my favorites was um, he was talking to me one night and this is just, you know, years later on the phone, we're talking about something and, he was saying, you know, about an eventuality that was was going to happen. And, and he said, well, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it's hatched. <laughs> um, and, and he would just do stuff like that and not be aware. I think he'd have two different cliches in his head and would just kind of combine them. Um, but but that was, you know, where he, he'd say like, you know, well, you know, that's six of one, six of the other. Just because he couldn't remember what the other part of it was. Kind of like um, a Yogi Berra. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's very Yogi Bear-ish. Yeah, well, one one of my favorites, and this kind of led to a little almost almost scuffle. It's a Saturday night at the hotel, and uh, we're getting some pizza as we were want for doing. And <laughs> so he asked me, I, I said I was going to go get, get some sodas, some pops, whatever you call them, from the vending machine. And I asked him if he wanted one. He said, yeah, but I want a non-decaffeinated beverage. So I looked at him. I said, so you want a Coke? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? I want a non-decaffeinated beverage. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and we had, to, we had to spell that out for him very slowly because we realized yeah. he was double negative. Yeah, or, he got it. Or the t- we were watching a Bruiser Brody match. And he goes, did this match take place? And he kind of trails off. I go, before he died, Steve? And he goes, before he wrestled in Puerto Rico? (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he would, he had so many of these and, and, you know, the one that, that, that is the one that'll still get me just cracking up was that, and this is a visual one, so it's hard to do in a podcast. But he would he would talk about a confrontation and say, well, that's between you. And he would point at the other person. And then he said, and me. So he'd say, that's between you and me. And when he said you, he would point at you. And when he said me, he would point at somebody else that wasn't him. <laughs> and and I, I just little stuff like that. I mean, it was just uh, it was just crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, he would he would talk about somebody he didn't like and say, "Well, they're a bastard from the word B." <laughs> um, That's getting better. Yeah, <laughs> it's at least with a target. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, I mean, those were the things that he would just kind of come up with all the time, and he would he would call people by their wrong by wrong names quite a bit. Um, not intentionally. I, no, no. 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 No, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it as a mean thing or to try and, you know, but he would just have something in his head and and, and that w- it would just stick and he would get yeah. their name wrong like in, in perpetuity. Kurt, Kurt Campbell. Yeah. Matt Dickendorfer. Yeah. Uh, Sam Lupchak. Sam Lupchak. Stephen Shore. No, Shore. It's, yeah, Cher. he called him Shore, but it was, he it, called it was him real. Shore. Yeah. Because Cher. he didn't look like Shore. Yeah, yeah, because I so, corrected him. I go, it's Cher. He goes, he doesn't look like Cher. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, but, but I, I mean, those were the things that was that was half the battle with Steve was just you know half the time just just, and we were trying to write these things down too when we <laughs> when he would say them so that we would remember them all. Mm-hmm. And we had a pretty good list at one point too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Stu, you met him a little later, but I guess what do you know about the legend of Steve Minskoff? Well, I did meet him later. Uh, I'm not quite sure he ever really knew my name either. Uh, I think he may have called me Stu, certainly by the second Galacticon that I was there. Funny guy. Uh, seemed very genuine. Um, definitely could tell that there was, a. I think Corey hit the nail on the head, a bit of zaniness to his uh, to his, to his personality, to his sense of humor. Uh, he... Was it Sunday he would conk out and sleep, or was it both days? I can't remember exactly. Well, which. Yeah, it depends before, on the year. <laughs> before Smoke or Zeke were napping during Galacticon, Steve 
Steve's naps pretty much started by, I would say, the second or third one. He yeah. blazed that trail. Yeah. Yep, yep. He did. He broke that, he broke that glass ceiling at, at, at the <laughs> Sheldon House. He would, he would find one of the nice comfy couches at the Sheldon House and hanker down for a nap. Mm-hmm. But he was, he was very nice to me that first year because I didn't know anybody. Uh, and I was there and I remember talking to him uh, just by way of welcome. He was very gracious, very generous and very nice. And I immediately liked the guy. And um, like I said, he was very funny. Uh, I did not, was not able to hear a lot of his uh, Minskoff isms, but uh, they, those have lived on with you guys and they're quite funny. And I think they give Yogi Berra a run for the money. <laughs> those, are, those are spectacular. But I, you know, I, I do, I have friends like that. Um, I, I have friends like that here. And uh, to lose somebody like that is, uh, that's hard. And to, to, even if it's, if it's gradual or if it's all at once, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's very difficult uh, either way you slice it. And, you know, my heart goes out to all three of you guys for having to endure that. That's uh, pretty tough stuff. It was, you know, it was it was one of those things where, you know, I mean, I had gone down to visit him uh, at his home in Long Island and stayed with him uh, for a few days and just kind of wandered around with him and, and, you know, got to kind of know the lay of the land down there. And he had come up and visited me here in Buffalo a number of times as well. And uh, we'd spent some some quality time here and, and across the border in Canada, and um, uh, you know it was just he he was just like like you know Corey was saying I mean w- what you see is what you get for, with Steve I mean there was no hidden agenda I'm not even sure there was any kind of agenda um, but but he was just <laughs> there what, was no agenda <laughs> yeah no no but I mean he no, was just. No you know, that, that he was genuine. I mean, that's just who he was and, and he wasn't putting on airs for anybody. And then he was just, he was a guy that, that knew who he was and was confident and, you know, didn't care what you thought of him. So if he wore the same concert t-shirt for four days in a row <laughs> and you wanted to say something, he didn't care. He just didn't care because he was Steve and he, he was comfortable in, in his own skin as, as, as much so as anyone I've ever met. And he would, he would shuffle around in his aqua socks. <laughs> once, once those became in vogue, he, I never saw him without those. Um, no. And, you know, we would, he, he enjoyed a love of, of a fine prime rib. We'd go out for prime rib and out at, uh, what was that? What was the Blake oh. beach? Oh yeah. The Bemis point. We would Bemis go point. usually on, on after when we were there for Galacticon, on Sunday night, we would generally then all drive out to Bemis Point and, and have a nice dinner. Um, and either like the Italian fisherman or the yeah. fox, was the Fox and the Hound or something yeah. like that. I don't remember the name of the other restaurant. Tortoise and the Hares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Now, the, where the is the tortoise? And the, yeah, he had a tortoise and hare story once too. I don't quite remember. <laughs> yep. So we we would enjoy prime rib, and he liked his little cigars. Yep. Um, Y'all did that for years, didn't you? Yeah. 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 And because sometimes we'd go out on Friday night when we first got there too and, and go, yeah. out, go have a what? steak. One year and we I did still... double prime rib, a Friday and a Sunday. <laughs> oh, that's it was, right. It was artery clogging, but it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know um, the one time when we were going to leave, um, we actually were all meeting. And I, I don't remember if it was in our room, but it was in somebody's room uh, wherever we were staying that year. And we flipped on the TV and we're watching a baseball game and the Yankees were playing and uh, their pitcher, David Cohn was pitching a perfect game. Yeah. I remember that. And so we were, all, we were trying to get ready to leave and go to dinner. And then because and, and Tom was there as well. And Tom's a baseball fan. And, and we're all like, well, we can't leave the guys pitching a perfect game. There've only been like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. And so nobody moved and we just sat there and, and he wound up pitching a perfect game. Yeah. Um, and, and so we at least witnessed the last few innings of that, which is pretty unique because you don't see that too, too often. Um, but I remember that that was the prelude to going to the, uh, the, the dinner, the one, the one evening. Yep. Yep. I remember that too. Yeah. So, 
one one thing I just want to share before we kind of forget. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the fun side of Steve, but he talked to Tom a lot about the game as far as the business side of things. And it was Steve that really pushed Tom to go to two sets a year. So when the GWF sets started coming out twice a year, the, that's yep. thanks a lot to Steve's influence just from a business perspective. Um, really, you know, talk Tom into that. And, um, and I was talking to Chad about this the other day, and maybe I'm imagining this. So if I'm misquoting, I apologize. But I think Tom himself talked about in a promoter how Steve would help on certain cards or projects. The one that comes to my mind is the massive special referee card in Civil War 2099 um, that Steve had a lot of help or input on that. I don't remember all the details, but, you know, so he was, he was definitely, you know, involved in the game in that, in that aspect. So I just wanted to throw that in there. He was involved with getting those early issues of the GWF promoter print yep. too. Wasn't oh, he? wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, because when the, the very first issue of the promoter talks about Tom and Mark and then Steve being involved, because you'll notice the font style changes later on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, I don't, what do you think? He helped with maybe the first four or five, six issues, maybe? That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to mention that as well. And then I, I do remember, so Sudden Death 2094 came out in the fall because at Galacticon that year, st- remember Steed? Steve held up drawings of Mason Dregs. And oh, he, said, yeah. he said, I have a new artist and I just wanted you guys to see this and see what you think. And everybody's like, oh, you know, going crazy <laughs> for Mason Dregs. And wow. it was really that it was them kind of testing the waters with the switch from, from Chuck Carter to Larry Snelly. Hmm. So wow. that would have been at Galacticon 4, I believe. Because I remember seeing an early was, and I don't know if you were with us when we went up to Tom's little, you know, Fed HQ uh-huh. in his house. But he had an early alternate drawing for Alpha Force the one year. Mm-hmm. That was the Larry Snelly drawing that eventually became the, the, the main drawing for Alpha Force. Right. And everybody was like, whoa. Right. I mean, there were like maybe five, five of us in the room. And yeah. everybody saw that and just our jaws dropped. We were like, holy cow, that's great. Right, right. Wow. But, uh, yeah. And uh, and one thing Steve did, did, I mean, and he liked Jamestown. I mean, he liked being down there. He enjoyed, uh, you know, the area. And uh, I know one thing that, that he always said, he said, and he, he was not a big fan of the heat. So he didn't like the hot days. <laughs> And so, and, and invariably, it seemed like when we were in Jamestown, it was like the hottest, most humid days of the year or the summer uh, there. And, uh, or it would rain, it would just pour rain, one of the yep. two. Yep. And, or both. I, and, I remember many years sitting on the, the patio. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's the awnings up and everything, but it's just freaking pouring yep. outside. She, sheets of rain just yep. pouring off of the awning. Right. But um, he would tell me, and, and Steve was pretty well-traveled. I mean, he's, he's been to a number of different countries all over the world. And, and he, would, he would say because of the heat, he loved to, when, and we roomed together a lot, he and I. And the first thing we'd do when we would check into the hotel room, wherever we were staying in, in Jamestown, he would go over and crank the air conditioning up to 11. I mean, that was his thing. And he wanted that room cold. And he said, I have never found a hotel anywhere I've ever been that had better air conditioning than the Red Roof Inn in Jamestown that one year. (laughs) And I don't know if there was something odd with the AC unit in our room, but so we had cranked it up when we got there. And then we went off to meet wherever we were going to meet to, you know, for the set release or whatever was going on that year. And when we came back, I swear to God, you could see your breath in the room. It was so freaking cold. <laughs> and he's like, and he, he just even shivered a little bit and said, Ooh, it's, it's really cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> but he always would, would come back. He said, he, he said there was one other place that he went that was comparable, but he said, no, no place could beat the, 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 the air conditioning, uh, in that, in the red roof in, in Jamestown that one year, uh, 
it's kind of funny because I travel in pre-pandemic times. I travel a good amount for my job, you know, six or eight times a year. And I'll be talking to Tim and like, oh, yeah, I got my room down Minskoff cold. And I, I now I do this. I walk into my room. And the first thing I do is hit that thermostat and crank it down as low as it go. Yep. And, and always, <laughs> I always think of Steve when yeah, Corey knows because he shares rooms with me. And yep. um, I, uh, I, I'm a fan of that, too. Thanks to Steve. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. And then later, later years, I mean, he would he's one of those guys. With, I mean, the napping wasn't just a Jamestown thing. I mean, that was something he would do because he would stay up till three or four in the morning. Um, and this is even after he'd adopted the kids. He would stay up till three or four in the morning, just doing whatever, watching things, playing video games, doing whatever, and uh, and then would nap in the afternoon. I mean, that's just, even when I went down and visited with him, he's like, okay, do whatever you got to do. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, I'll just take a walk or hang out here and, you know, but he would take a nap every day. And um, so, yeah, so that was one of those things too, but he would call me at one or two in the morning sometimes be and i'd pick up i'd pick up the phone just because i i you know i was afraid it was an emergency or something and i'd pick up the phone i'm like hello he'd say and, and you'd get hey how you doing and, and it would be steve and i'm like steve it's 1 30 in the morning why are you calling oh, i didn't realize it was that late are you awake i'm like well yeah i had to get up to answer the phone so yeah i'm awake <laughs> and he would keep me on the phone for like an hour and a half just shooting the shit um, but, uh, you know, and he would be asking, he'd, he'd come to me, he'd ask for like, you know, free accounting advice. Cause I wasn't his accountant. I wasn't his tax preparer at that, at that point in our relationship. Uh, but yeah, he'd, he'd say, well, you know, my guy's telling me this, what do you think? And, you know, it, 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 you know, one or two in the morning, I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, uh at my best for, you know, when I've just woken up, uh, suddenly uh maybe not at my best for giving giving good solid tax advice um but that that was the way steve was i mean you know he uh, uh he was just a great guy and um you know the one year that that we were down in jamestown when, again another red roof inn uh story there there used to be a uh a restaurant and ice cream place right across the street and so we would go there every day for breakfast. We would we would just walk across the street and go over there for breakfast. And the, I, I think I don't know if at the restaurant and the if it was just under Scoops, which was the name of the the ice cream place, but I think it was just called Scoops. Both you know because I think the the ice cream thing was attached. So we go over there, and I, I remember the one time we were getting ice cream, and we're like, oh, let's you know the first time we went there, we're like, oh, let's get an ice cream, you know, oh, let's just get a small. And the person in front of us had walked away with like, a, you know, like one of the regular cones, like the little, uh, you know, the little starch, uh, like styrofoam cones that they make with like a half a gallon ice cream on top of it. And I'm going, holy crap, that's got to be the large. I'm, get, I'm getting a small. And so we all got small cones and those were the small cones. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And they were like two dollars and fifty cents or something like that. And you got you got like uh, at least a good you know pint and a half of ice cream on there. And uh, and, and then the one year we we kind of made the decision that we we're gonna we we're gonna do an ice cream every day that <laughs> we were down there. Yeah. Um, so you know, screw that lactose intolerance, man. We were diving right in. Um, I think we did it too, didn't we, Chad? Did we, did oh we yeah, every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. for one of the days we started, we would like we like to chant, and we would start a <laughs> chant of. So we start a chant of ice cream in an hour, ice cream in an hour. <laughs> Steve and I would start chanting that during the last hour of Galacticon. Yeah. We have a few other chants, but we can't really repeat them on the air. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and 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 I would because a lot of times he'd be like you know, he, he'd be sitting around at the convention. He'd be like, okay, I'm done. Cause people were playing, playing tournaments and stuff. And he just didn't feel like doing that. And he's like, he's like, take, he'd come over to me. He's like, take me back to the hotel. And that that's where he'd get, he, instead of napping on the couch, he'd get us <laughs> napping back on, at the hotel. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, uh, just a, a, a lot of fun. And I've probably got, I've probably got photos of him napping on about six different couches over the years. Um, 
the one year he came in and we went to a baseball game in, in Rochester to see the Rochester Red Wings play. <laughs> and uh, they had this thing at the time called the Couch Potato Club. Yes. Where for a flat fee, you would get, I think it was five tickets, uh, five hot dogs, five drinks, and they uh, just sodas, not, uh, not, not alcohol. Uh, and, and it was a flat fee and I, it was nominal. It was like 30 bucks or something like that. And you would total, out, total, not yeah, per total, person. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, total. not each. That was just a mm-hmm. flat fee for everybody. And you would then sit outside of the, uh, or behind the right center field wall where they built like this shed, like a shack type thing. And they had a couch in there for the couch potatoes. So you'd be sitting on the couch. And this was just some old beat up couch that they probably got from, you know, a, a curb. Kind of a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That they had dragged in and they probably replaced it about 12 times a year. Um, but I got a picture of him taking a nap on that couch too, uh, because we were about halfway through the game and he decided he was a little sleepy. So he laid down on this, this nasty looking couch and, uh, and, and got a quick, quick cat nap in. Um, but again, you know, these are the things that we would kind of do where, you know, it wouldn't just be like, hey, you know, I'm coming in for Galacticon, pick me up at the airport in Buffalo and, and we'll drive right down to, to Jamestown. It would be like everybody would come in, you know, Chad and Corey would come in a couple days early and we'd just have our own adventures. We'd, you know, uh, go to baseball games. We'd uh, go to various... Hit all uh, the wing places. The way, yeah, he wanted, he, but he would never get anything spicy because no. his stomach couldn't handle it. No, we'd always say he had a medical condition. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> another Minskopism. Yeah, and uh, um, you know there might have been a gentleman's club or two involved in the in, in the journeys as well, but um, or three or seven. Um, but we are gentlemen. Not, yeah, not we, we, we're we're real gentlemen. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, so that, that's kind of what we would do. I mean, that was our, our thing. And I, I know we, we, we kind of got a reputation at, at some of the Galacticons for not necessarily being the most outgoing and, and welcoming in the, the newcomers and things like that. But it's because this is the only time we saw each other all year. And we were all pretty tight at this point. And we just wanted to hang around and talk and talk about life and what's going on and how, how you been and, because again, this is before, you know, internet and email and all of that. Um, so that was our time to kind of catch up if we weren't on the phone with each other throughout the year. So it was, uh, that, that was kind of our important time. So we were, you know, we didn't want to give that up just to, just because the game at that point had taken a back seat in our, our lives. And, and we were just more concerned about our friendship and, and uh, just kind of talking to each other. And even now, yeah. with newer folks that I know at any of the events we go to, I'd rather sit and visit than play a tournament. Yeah, you know, I can I can go the rest of my life and never play in a tournament again because I would just rather, hey, what's going on? How's your, you know, yeah. what's, what's going on? Blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. In the adventures that we're making, with, you know, with new folks, you know. Yeah, and and I think we often would if if there was a tournament where you could pick your own wrestler we would pick guys like i'll take uh, i'll take Tarek, <laughs> <laughs> just so we would be out of the tournament and we could go back to doing whatever we wanted to do so yeah so so uh you know for the people that won tournaments you're, you're welcome that that we the, uh <laughs> that, that we pick the uh omegas and Terax and Kara, the jungle lads of the world uh so so that you guys could get chaos and phantos and, and alpha force mm-hmm Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, does anybody have any closing comments about this? I, don't, I mean, I don't really feel like doing our normal thing for that either. No, no, sh- no shout out to nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's just, it, it's just been difficult, you know, and I just, I just can't imagine that I'm never going to hear from the guy again. You know, I had, I had sent him an invitation when, um, when Roll Up did that uh, Galacticon One reunion show, I had actually sent him an email, uh, not realizing that he'd already passed away at that point. Um, 
because as I said, you know, I wasn't notified by his wife until Friday and uh, um, he never got back to me. And I thought that was somewhat odd because normally he would call me right away and say, what are you sending me this for? Is this something I want to do? Should I do this? Uh, and I would have to convince him either way. And, um, but I figured too, his, his family liked to travel and they traveled a lot during the summer where they would be away for, you know, three weeks, four weeks at a time sometimes. Um, and he would always like to go out to California and, and spend at least a week there in Southern California, um, taking a Steel Panther concert if they were, uh, if they were around or if they were playing. Uh, I know he was a big fan of that band. Um, but yeah, so I didn't think anything of him not getting back to me because sometimes we would go a couple months without talking. And, um, you know, he was a, uh, a college baseball player uh, who played at Ithaca College. And that. yeah, he was a pitcher. He was a pitcher. And uh, uh, I was kind of surprised because he was telling me that, that Tim LaCastro, who's a major league player uh came from Ithaca he said he played at Ithaca College he said we actually got a guy in the majors and a few weeks ago the Yankees acquired him and I thought he would have called me to say hey you know what that guy was telling me about he's on the Yankees now he's really fast um and I never got that call either but again I thought you know this is the time of the year that that they normally travel so I figured they might have been away um so yeah to get that that news was that was just that was just devastating um, and I, like I said, I just, I can't believe that he's not going to be around to, you know, shoot the breeze about baseball and, and music and wrestling and everything else. It's just, uh, it's, it's a loss for all of us. It's a loss for the, you know, I mean, maybe not as big of a loss for the, the, the Phil Singer games community. Um, only because, you know, his involvement has been very negligible the, the past number of years. And he came to a number of Galacticons early, but it hasn't been to one. It hadn't been to one in years. So um, a lot of people probably don't even know Steve, but, um, you know, the impressions he left, the footprints there. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, the impressions that he, he left on the game and on all of us uh, were pretty significant. And I'm really going to miss him. So I guess that's my shout out for the night. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just had such a, I don't know, impact on my life for a short time. You know, I hadn't kept in touch with him as much as regularly as Tim these last few years, but um, was Facebook friends with him and, and we would send each other messages and stuff. And, um, but yeah, just uh, being a young teenager, college age student hanging around this guy from New York City, um, just so many memories and <laughs> it warped you severely. <laughs> that explains a lot about me. No, I'm going to miss him and uh, just uh, praying for Demi and the kids. And we love you, Steve, and we miss you. Yep. Sue? Hey, well, I guess I'm, what I'm left with uh, after this discussion, because I, I did not know him that well. I met him a couple of times. I've heard y'all talk about him often. I know how close he was to y'all. Um, is once again, I'm struck by this this crazy little game and the friendships and the relationships that this game has has uh, given birth to, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's just it's crazy and the depth of these friendships, which we just saw. Uh, with with Galacticon over the weekend because there's there's several sets of friends that have uh, developed over the years and uh, when you have something like that that's a constant in your life and it's just suddenly ripped away from you that's pretty tough to take so my prayers go to the family as well and uh, trust that Steve is in a better place yeah so I guess in closing um You know, if anybody thinks doing a tournament or a super card named after Steve, just don't. I mean, I, I'm sure you have good intentions, but just don't. That that trivializes the real world stuff that's going on here. Um, 
So, you know, I posted about Paul Orndorff yesterday because there was a, another one of my heroes <laughs> taken away. Um, and some people, you know, were posting, oh, let's get him in the hall. Don't. You know, this is real. People, people have died. There are families who are grieving. So to immediately hop on and want to make a wrestling card out of a, a wrestler who's passed away, it's just not appropriate. It doesn't. I, I'm sure you have good intentions, but don't. So don't don't make a Minskoff super card or anything. Um, it can, it, that's just not what this is about. So I'm going to miss Steve severely. Um, you know, I guess my, my favorite uh, Tom Filsinger moment involving Steve was in the promoter where in 97, Steve and I got married on the same day. And, and Tom puts it in the promoter and he goes, on June, whatever, 21st, 20th, I don't remember when my first anniversary was, doesn't matter, uh, or my first wedding anniversary. First, your first wife. <laughs> my first, yes, the anniversary <laughs> of the day I got married to my first wife, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Tom puts in the promoter on June 21st, Chad Olson and Steve Minskoff are getting married, but not to each other. <laughs> you should just left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Whether intentional or not, that was, I believe, the funniest thing I ever heard Tom say. <laughs> so, um, Steve influenced, you know, had some influence on the game, like Corey mentioned with the twice a year piece. Um, certainly the bootlegging but steve had a lot of influence on my life and for that i'm ever grateful and um you know i'm fortunate enough i'm 47 and this he's my first closest friend that's passed away and this sucks you know and at first when tim called me and said can you call conference call Corey in i'm thinking what the hell is going on with tim and then as soon as he said, Demi Minskoff called, I'm like, Steve's gone. I just knew it. Yeah, me too. Um, and that sucked. So, um, you know, certainly this weekend, the Hall of Fame will be even more special because the uh, three of us, unfortunately, Stuart can't make it, but three of us will be together and we will mourn and grieve our friend but we'll remember a lot of the fun times and i'll sure there'll be a lot of minskoffisms and keeping track of people's stuff and we might try to sneak in one of the little cigars that steve liked although we'll probably all be hating ourselves in the morning probably trying, likely. trying to find steak and ice cream <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll be on our, our our list of things to do um and, and maybe you know, if you're rolling through Waterloo and you hear uh, you hear somebody yell Tom Filsinger out a car window, <laughs> you'll know the NGO was in town. Yeah. All right. Well, peace out, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.